Welcome back to the Nest College Football Podcast. My name is Chris, and we've got... Tony. And this is episode 14 of season 2, coming at you, season finale, with the National Championship recap. Let's hit it with the theme song. National Championship Recap. From Monday, January 11th, we did tell you we were going to record Monday night, um, but it was really late. The game was really boring, and, you know, it's tough to get up, you know, for something yeah. like that, you know. A 52-24 to 24 crushing, it's tough to be like, hey, let's record and talk about this terrible game. Um, what was your thoughts, Tony? You know, it uh, as we both discussed, you know, I, I thought Alabama was the better team on paper before the game, but I really was pulling for Ohio State, especially Justin Fields, after he took that big hit in the Clemson game and seeing how he would bounce back. And um, but Alabama just looked they, that whole the whole and I actually just during the game that Sermon injury was on play three, I think it was. And just that injury right there kind of took the air out of the bubble. And then they couldn't get first downs. And then Alabama looked exactly how they looked against Notre Dame. And once you fell behind behind them in the game, it just felt like a mountain to climb to get caught back up. And when you lose one of your major weapons in Sermon, um, it's just it's just a hard mountain to climb. And man, you got to give credit to Devontae Smith. Just he put up he basically put up three games in one half. Uh, between he had I think double digit catches, two hundred something yards, and uh, he had three TDs before the half. Yes, he was just ridiculous. There's no answer for him, and um, I'm excited. You know, I when I talk about my Miami Dolphins with Tua, and hopefully, uh, you know, they had the number three pick, and Devontae Smith definitely. I, I was like, man, I wish he's wearing aqua and and uh, the orange, but. Um, Good. It was a good game for Bama fans. A rough game for um, Ohio. I think it was a bad. I think it's a bad game for college football as a whole. Um, Alabama winning their 18th national championship. I mean, the second quarter was an entire game in and of itself, 28 to 10, in just the second quarter alone. And yeah. Alabama dropping 28 in the second quarter is is insane. And I mean, if you fell asleep at halftime, you missed nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, I I found it tough to like wake up because I clearly fell asleep during this game. I found it tough to wake up and try and talk about this on a podcast. You know, it wasn't it, nothing. Nothing's gonna jump out at you, and and there was nothing pressing to like talk about. Right, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, we could talk about it in a week, which we are. So it was it was a rough game for Ohio State. Trey Sermon went down. He declared for the draft today. Which you which you mentioned to me before the show, um, no major injury. His mom tweeted out or, or publicly stated a couple days ago, he's not injured. He's fine, and um, it's tough. I mean, the big story is Devonte Smith. That's that's the big story, and he won the Heisman, and he's the real deal. Is he the realest deal? Is he is he better than? Like a Julio Jones coming out of Alabama, is he better? Is he the best wide receiver Alabama in the last fifteen years? 
We're, we're going to find out. I think he uh, definitely sticks out, and Alabama receivers definitely have that um, that reputation. You know, it's it's not uh, you, you know when you hear about certain schools that produce defensive backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks. Uh, Alabama definitely when you when you think about their wide receivers, uh, Mari Cooper, Julio Jones. They had two guys, uh, Judy, um, and then uh, Ruggs. Uh, you know, there's guys that come out of Alabama, and, um, and ultimately they need a quarterback. You know, when we think about Julio Jones and Amari Cooper, those guys they have quarterbacks and um, they produce. You know, Judy and and Ruggs didn't have the best of Carr and um, and Locke. A little inconsistency. Not that Carr's a bad QB, but. Um, let me for, ask for let, let me ask you this question. Now, you had mentioned Devontae Smith potentially going to your Dolphins at three. Oh yeah. I'm not I'm not too familiar yet. Haven't read Todd McShay's draft board at all, but the number one, two, and three picks right now sit with the Jaguars, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the first two need quarterbacks, potentially. Um at and I don't know who's this who potential defensive lineman or offensive lineman that guy that we'll hear a thousand times, but we we don't know it right now, right? Um, who who's gonna number one is Trevor Lawrence. Two is Justin Fields gonna go to the Jets at two? Like is his is his stock gonna get so pumped up like a Daniel Daniel Jones kind of thing? Where Daniel Jones was a second rounder or a late first rounder, he got pumped up to like a, a top ten pick. Do we see Justin Fields being something in that in that light? And then and then three Devontae Smith falling to your Dolphins. Yes. Or do the Jets think, stick with Darnold? Well, here, here's the thing. I think we have our we have the draft order and we know exactly how you laid it out. I think the big thing right now is the Deshaun Watson rumors. Which, um, yes, have been everywhere. The teams I've heard, your Dolphins, your Tua might be gone. Yes. Who do you want, Tua or Deshaun? Oh, that's that's a tough one. I, and um, you, you could pull 100 Dolphins fans and get... Uh, Gun to your head right now. Who are you picking? If, I, if I'm with the draft capital Miami has and what they have built up and what Tua showed in games that he played with all the circumstances, you know, with COVID and his hip injury and all that, I think the Miami Dolphins, with the guys they can have in the draft and sign with a $30 million cap, you can build around Tua and have a championship team. So you stick so with I'm, Tua? I'm sticking with Tua. Now, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, I, I'm pretty happy too because Deshaun Watson's an all-pro quarterback. But the now, problem is... Go ahead. What's the problem? There's no weapons. And if Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to give up those those that draft capital that's those first round picks those second round picks let me um, ask you this you, how do you build around it that's the thing Deshaun has been rumored to the 49ers the Bears the Dolphins and the Washington football team who who is he most likely to go to before we go back to college football well he wants to go to Miami the most he has a no trade clause, so he, he does have a lot of power in this. Big I think, time. Because I, I think he's I think he's done. He's officially played his last game in a Texans uniform. I think the best the best 
landing place is the 49ers, hands down. I think if he goes to the 49ers, the 49ers are Super Bowl contender next year. Yeah, yes. And I think they end up, you know, the Garoppolo deal, I think they end up saving money um, with his, the way his uh, contract is structured compares to, compared to what Jimmy G would earn. And then the uh, Bears, I think, is also similar. If he goes to the Bears, they're an NFC championship team as well. I think. I, because that I, defense uh, is incredible, and then you have an actual competent quarterback there. That could be very scary. The Bears or the 49ers. I think 49ers, he's going to the Super Bowl. Bears, at least the NFC championship. Yeah, what about the Washington football team? Uh, I mean, they could go 1-16 one and, one and next year or 1-15 next year. And um, or they could go twelve win season. They got that. They got a really good defense, but their the quarterback position has to. You have no idea what that NFC East is going to look like, and you won't know for a decade. It it could literally change. You could be at the top of the division and the bottom of the division the very next year. Yeah, that's true. But those other two, you could be going to the Super Bowl. So we'll have to watch that closely. We're not going to update you on the show about it, obviously, but that'll be an interesting storyline. I got nothing else on this national championship. I'm kind of a uh, it's long long forgotten now, you know. Um, yeah. And we've got uh, Devonte Smith, first wide receiver, is what like 91, and that was pretty awesome. Um, nothing, no, no surprise. I'm, I I miss the Heisman Trophy when there was like, who's it going to be? You know, who's it going to come yeah. down to? Like that RG3, Andrew Luck, who's it going to come down to? You know, that I miss, you know. But maybe we'll get it sometime. Maybe we'll get it sometime in the future. Just just to summarize it, though, I, I think um, it was they got the season in and they played as many games as they could. And I think we got a, a pretty good as – if any year, there's going to be debate about who should be in the college football playoff and not, and that's good for college football. But I, I do think we got, I think you got a, it right. really, a really, really good playoff. Um, and I think, bottom line, I think you got you had your two best teams, uh, Ohio State proving that they were a better team than Clemson head-to-head. So overall, with, with COVID and everything, I think we got a really good playoff. And uh, unfortunately, it was a blowout, but it was a good thing they got the season in. Yes, agreed. Now, um, I guess the only thing we have really to look forward to is when is Nick Saban going to retire? Because there is clearly uh, such a a huge gap between Alabama and everyone else consistently. And um, I don't think there's going to be much parity in this college football playoff until Nick Saban retires. And then... um, we have Urban Meyer heading to the Jaguars. So who knows if Ryan Day then becomes the next like Nick Saban kind of guy. But um, Urban Meyer with the Jaguars getting Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I, I, I'm very interested to in see how that goes. I think as Nick Saban could tell Urban Meyer, definitely a transition from how you conduct a college football team to how you conduct a NFL team. Yes, because uh, it does not cross over as much as you would think it would. No, and these are grown men who make more money than the head coach. And um, I'm very interested to see how Urban Meyer um, 
runs runs his team, and I'm excited to see he gets Trevor Lawrence and he got some money to spend. But uh, how you how you control your locker room and how you keep the guys loose and form form that unity and culture? I'm very interested to see what Urban Meyer does in Jacksonville. For sure. I don't really have anything else in the national landscape. I'm ready to move on to Temple Talk. The Owls have had some new transfer portal updates in the last two weeks. Some big-time names, a lot of stars coming in. Some stars leaving, and when I say a lot of stars, I mean some guys that can that can play with the lights under them, hope on top, shining on them, hopefully. And I'm talking ratings. We talked about the Illinois running back Ravon Bonner months ago. Now we've got Iverson Clement. From the Florida Gators, Chomp Chomp, 5'11", 199, four-star recruit out of a high school, and his grade is 89.58, which is awesome. He is almost as high of a grade as Dewan Mathis, our four-star quarterback coming from the Georgia Bulldogs. This kid is... Uh, Less than a half a point in their like grading of their uh, whatchamacallit, but Iverson Clement, uh, running back coming in. Now we've got two power five running backs coming in to the Owls. Um, we'll go to the others in a second. What's your thoughts on Iverson Clement? Well, I'm, I'm excited, I think he's going to be a good fit in that offense, and, and the, the guys who've left. I think he will fill that void perfectly. Yeah, he's he only has in uh, 2018, 2019, and 2020, he's had four attempts in 18, three rushing attempts in 19, and five rushing attempts in 2020. And he most he ran was a 41 yard. Uh, his 2019 his highlight was he ran for 48 yards on three attempts. And his long was a 41-yarder. And that was it. That's crazy that he's only... Yeah, he hasn't done a lot. He's from Jersey. Jersey guy. Says he's listed at six foot and 200 pounds on ESPN, on 24-7 Sports. He's 5'11", 199. But I like it. We've got a quarterback that's 6'6", 205. And now we've got two bigger running backs we've got we've got a hefty dude Ravon Bonner who's 220 511 220 and we've got our shifty guy who's 200 pounds 5 foot 11 i like it we've got our thunder and lightning our lightning and thunder ready to roll next season now we also have wide receiver from Purdue three star 88 out of 100 grade 5'11", 170, Ahmad Anderson from Purdue. Wide receiver coming in. Now, I like this as well. Power 5 guys with minimal experience. I'm I'm looking up right now where Ahmad Anderson is from. I'm going to guess he's from Jersey or Pennsylvania. Where would you guess? Jersey. I think Temple's been going to that Jersey pipeline. Let's see. 
He's from Staten Island, New York. Would you look at that? In 2019, he had 31 receptions for 343 yards. He got a good chunk of play back in 2019. 11 yards on average, three touchdowns, 54 long. This past season, he only had five receptions on 19 yards. So didn't really do much this season, but season before, he had a good season. So another guy coming back into the Northeast, uh, which is awesome. I love this. I love this. Now, um, we have a pair of defensive linemen coming in from North Carolina. His name is X-A-C-H Gill. Now, I'm going to go with his name's. I'm going to go with that Zach. I'm going to go with Zach. Zach Gill. And then we have Lanson Ture. Both three stars. Six foot five, two ninety. Six foot six, two eighty. Big dudes. I like it. Can replace Chris Banks, who's six four, two ninety. That's leaving to go to Boston College. We've got replacing Arnold Epichetti, who's going to Penn State. He was only two thirty five, and we've got our guy Maje, who's transferred to Rutgers. He was two eighty five. So we've got big guys coming in replacing that are bigger than the guys that are leaving. The third guy that is coming in is from Washington State, Will Rogers the third, 6'4", 249. So we've got three three-stars coming in. We've got two three-stars leaving and a two-star leaving. Um, heading out to Boston College, Penn State, and Rutgers, we've got guys coming in, two from UNC, one from Washington State on this defensive line. I like the size coming in. If you were to add up the amount of weight that's leaving and the amount of weight that's coming in, we have more weight coming back in than we had leaving. I like that on a defensive line. I just hope their hands are good. You know what I mean? I know. I think you're bringing in these big guys and you're bringing in these power five guys um, and opportunity is there. I think we talk. We do criticize Rod Carey a lot and for good reason with the way the year went and um, how they played. But I also think we got to give some credit here. He's found some talented guys through the transfer portal and, and through recruiting. He's going to the Northeast, and he's finding some guys. Maybe he's found a pipeline up there. And um, Interesting because our guy Zach Gill is actually transferring from UNC, and he's from Wake Forest, North Carolina himself. Interesting. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. So I guess, I guess Wake Forest couldn't bring him in. Guess not, but to leave his home state and come to the Owls, I find interesting. Yeah. And then Lansing, uh, Lansing Ture, he's from New Jersey. So he might be boys, I'm going to guess. Zach Gill and Lansing Ture got to be boys, right? They're on the same defensive line. Lansing's from Jersey, says, yo, Zach Let's go up to the Owls and rip shit up there. And I think Zach uh, bounces and heads out with one of his buddies to head to play for the Owls. I think that's where that connection comes in. Yeah. Pure think, speculation. Yeah. And UNC is a unique uh, program. I mean, they, they're all on the up and rise. And uh, Mac Brown, he's, he's, they're close to being uh, you know, a contender in the ACC. So, you know... Um, maybe playing time was an issue. Maybe Mac Brown had a different plan for with that defense was the problem there. Um, but 
for them to, to pick up and leave and come together, I think that's awesome that you, you kind of have that brotherhood with those two guys, and maybe that uh, will help create that culture. Hopefully. Tumble. Now, the only other uh, – Will Rogers from Washington State University, he's from Saginaw, Michigan, so maybe there's the – uh, uh, Midwest connection with Rod Carey in Northern Illinois, uh, but he's from Michigan, our guy from Washington State. That's all the update we have on guys coming into the program. We knew Will Mobley was transferring out. He announced this past week he's transferring to Minnesota. That's all we have on the Owls uh, recruiting update and the transfer portal. You got anything else, Tony, on the owls? No, I'm I'm excited about some of these guys that we've talked about today, and uh, obviously there will be a signing day on February. I don't know the exact day in February, but um, to kind of wrap the you know the verbal and make them um, sign sign and commit. But uh, you know, Rod Carey bringing some guys in, and ultimately we'll find out during spring ball and then next season. But kind of exciting to talk about some of these players. I must coming. yes, and I must say I I'm gonna reel back in. I'm reeling back in. The call I had for Rod Carey to be fired, he has redeemed himself for one more season in my book. With who we brought in, the four stars, the running back, wide receiver, quarterback trio he just brought in, I'm all in him. Now, I still find it a little weary that so many guys wanted to up and leave find that disappointing but i'm ready we got a big defensive line coming in and rye carries a, a line alignment kind of guy and this trio of weapons i'm ready for so he's got another year in my book i apologize rod for jumping down your throat and calling for your job during the season i'm a man of word i'll put my hand up i take it back Now, Tony, we've got a new segment that is going to be coming up soon. You've got some breaking news to break to the people of our show. Now, I'll start with the first half, and I'll let you break the second half of the news. We are no longer going to be reporting, associating, talking about Southeast Missouri State football on this podcast for a multitude of reasons, which we won't get into, but we're no longer talking about the Southeast Missouri State Redhawks football team. With that being said, Tony is going to announce where that segment of the podcast is going to go in a certain direction. And there has been hints at it. There's been some foreshadowing of it earlier in this season. So some of you may have already known if you could hint and pick up on the foreshadowing that we've had. But, Tony, take it away. Yes. Yeah, so Build the suspense very, more. Yes. Well, I'm very excited. You know, talking about Seaman the past two years has been uh, an honor and, and definitely has been a pretty good two years uh, on the football field for for Southeast. And uh, definitely going to miss talking about them. But um, I am excited about where we're going. Uh, is thinking about past two years briefly talking about this team um and talking about the direction of this team 
has got me excited, and I'm excited from taking our, I think, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, our 10 to 15 second uh, briefings now to, to a full segment on the podcast. I'm excited to announce that we will be talking about Kansas Jayhawk football on the Nest College Football Podcast. One bird out, a new bird swoops on in. We kick the Red Hawks out of the nest, and we take in the Jayhawks. One hawk for another hawk. Yes, and I'm excited. I think in year three of Les Miles, uh, hopefully we can, uh, for, for all programs, but uh, hopefully we can kick this COVID out and, and kind of give a true offseason and a true recruiting and, and get the guys in the summer, and hopefully we can uh, get that feel back of college football, but Kansas is going in the right direction. Just briefly, some fun facts for this upcoming year. Right now, currently, they nationally ranked the 45th recruiting class. Uh, right now, they're number six in the Big 12, and their average grade is about an 85% per player. So 85 for each player averaged out. Um, they just signed a four-star recruit. He's their highest recruit, according to uh, this Kansas Forum. He is a his name is Kudarius Kudarius Davis, a six foot one ninety three receiver. His grade was a ninety five. So very exciting. Les Miles is bringing in these guys and he's building the culture. And you know, last year zero and eight, I think it was zero. Yeah, it was zero and eight, and uh, couldn't really find traction to the season. They faced their one non con game was Coastal Carolina, who obviously we talked about. Uh, in our podcast, podcast because they've been, you know, a top fifteen team for most of the year. So they kind of had a tough schedule b- between that and, and the Big Twelve. But we're here. We're talking about Kansas football. I think we're one of the few podcasts that uh, non non Kansas um, located. But I think one of the main things that drove me to do it was uh, Reese Davis. I was on game day and. I was cheering on my Jayhawks innocently with my prop in my Kansas shirt and and, and um, wasn't wasn't given the greatest uh, uh, invitation there. They they did not believe in Kansas again for that week, which for good reason they shouldn't. But I believe in them, and I feel like this is the podcast where you're going to get the the optimism, optimism, the truth, and hopefully we can talk about some wins in 2021. I love it. Love the intro. Jayhawks currently only have what one four-star recruit signed in their class. Um, trying to see. Currently, the Owls are ninety-eighth, I believe, and your your Jayhawks are forty-fifth. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to to follow. To watch, see if Les Miles... Now, if Les Miles gets fired after this year, surprisingly, um, where where do you go? I don't know. I, I think he, uh, he's got a longer leash than this year, uh, but you, you can't uh, you can't throw up an over again. But I, I do think he has a longer leash, with, especially some of the stuff that they're doing at KU with... Um, we all thought... We all thought... Um, 
what's his face at UT had a longer leash too. That's true. Uh, UT though, they, the boosters have some money there. Uh, yeah. Kansas, they save up for basketball. But um, I, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of movement on campus that uh, we don't. T- I mean, a lot of a lot of the fans of college football and even Kansas fans in general. They're renovating the, the stadium. They're making updates to the stadium, locker room updates. They're really putting a lot of money into this team, um, and that's because of the movement of Les Miles and the excitement and the buildup. And, I, and for like I said, I'm not using it as an excuse, but COVID kind of took the air out of uh, a lot of seasons, even though we played them, but took the air out of a lot of the seasons. I think Temple fans can even agree in that sense where it just wasn't the same feel. Uh and that was for every program. Uh, you know, Alabama was able to, to win a championship this year, and, and that shows you that resilience and the ability, to, the talent. But uh, hopefully we can kind of regroup as a sport, and hopefully we can figure this pandemic out as a country and a nation, and uh, hopefully we can have a true, true season um, for, all our, for all our teams and kind of enjoy the uh, August time of year. Agreed. I think we're going to have, I hope, I'm in hopes we have a normal season next year without worrying about COVID. Um, That's it for the season finale. Uh, I do also give you a heads up. We will potentially have a a pre-draft or post-draft, somewhere around the draft episode that will hold you over until the season starts up in the summer in August Uh, one other thing before we sign off is that the last few times we talked about Southeast Missouri State we did talk about uh, holding SEMO accountable and we still I am still on board with holding them accountable and Dr. Vargas following through on his promises and hoping that um, students uh students that are victims of sexual assault on campus eventually can feel safe again to report uh, to campus without being victim blamed or shamed. That's all I got on this season. Thanks for listening and tuning in. Tony, last words from you? I I agree with you with everything on uh, the Southeast Missouri State. Um, I I will say um, something that the OVC conference is doing and kind of touches on the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, They're playing the lift every voice and sing at every OVC school home game for the next four home games for each team. Um, And my Brittany and I were able to go to the SEMO game this past week and the teams, Morgan State, which was the basketball team there, and SEMO were lined up or in a circle at half court as in unity and they played the song and everybody rose it was a it was a great moment and i think props to southeast missouri state props to the ohio valley conference for doing this and uh it was a very very uh, touching moment for me and uh just i want to give credit to where credit's due cool thank you that's all i got go owls and for the first time i'm gonna say it go jayhawks peace